First, the good news about the Indianapolis Colts. Mo Ali Cox coming back. Then we'll have some other news about the Indianapolis Colts. That coming up, Indiana, their opener, the NCAA opener of openers. All right, they got the playing game against Wyoming. Normally, we wouldn't get too excited about that, but it's their first their first go-round in the NCAAs in six years. So we're very, very excited about the Indiana Hoosiers and their game tonight against the Cowboys, despite the fact it's going to be on at 9-10 in Dayton, Ohio, against Wyoming. Still exciting. All right, this is Breakfast with Kent. For uh, Tuesday, March 15th, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. They do great work, they do it with great products, and they give you a great price. Check, check, check. What more do you want from these people, for God's sake? Call them. You got a plumbing need? They got a plumbing answer. Again, 765-610-8809. Hit the subscribe button. Press the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Mo Ali Cox coming back to the Indianapolis Colts. Three years, $18 million. That's all good. We like Mo Ali Cox. Last year, he wasn't utilized a whole lot by Carson Wentz. One of the reasons that Carson Wentz no longer here. Mo Ali Cox has hands as big as high Cestas. They are enormous. I asked him in the locker room. I said, Mo, I got I to gotta measure hands. His hand is like up to here on my fingers. I don't have paws. I have bigger fan, uh, bigger hands than that quarterback out of Pitt who's coming into the NFL and is going to try to push the, the football down the field, for God's sake. Bigger hands than that. Mo Ali Cox dwarfs my hands. He's like an alien hand guy. Anyway, 24 catches this past year, 316 yards. It's good he's coming back because the Colts – they reduced their need in the tight end position by one yesterday. I guess that's good work. So what's going to happen at quarterback? I think if you read the tea leaves, I think you see Jimmy Garoppolo coming to Indianapolis. I think they make the deal. They say it's going to take a third or a fourth round pick. I'm guessing is the market shrinks for quarterbacks, as it did yesterday with the announcement that Mitchell Trubisky is going to sign with the Steelers that it's going to take a fourth rounder to get Garoppolo. The 49ers have cap problems. They became a little more profound early this morning as the uh, 49ers agreed to sign former Chiefs cornerback Chavarius Ward three years, uh, or $42 million, over 26 of it guaranteed. This puts the 49ers... Over $20 million over the cap. They've got to unload Garoppolo. Everybody knows they're going to unload Garoppolo. I think it's coming sooner rather than later because they got to get under that cap number right to hell now. So I believe that it's going to be sooner rather than later. We hear that the Colts have made the deal to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the troubling things we found out yesterday, at least it was reported. You know what? I don't want to give the Colts too much credit and deny the veracity of a report but I cannot believe that they asked the Houston Texans to talk to Deshaun Watson about coming to, the, uh, to Indianapolis. I just can't believe they did that. Two reasons. Number one, they know that the Texans are not going to trade Deshaun Watson within the AFC South. There is no chance that a starting quarterback of the quality of Deshaun Watson is going to be dealt with in his own division. The Texans are not that dumb. They they want to get beat by Deshaun Watson every year for the next 10 years? No, they don't. 
the other thing is, what would happen? I, Deshaun Watson, despite the fact that the grand jury in Houston said, you know what, no bill, no charges against Deshaun Watson in light of the allegations against him and the criminal investigation against him resulting from 22 individual complaints from women alleging uh, unpleasantness authored by Watson up to and including sexual assault. I, I just can't believe that the Colts would put at risk, just from a business perspective, put at risk a season ticket base that would be adversely affected. I mean, I think that signing Deshaun Watson would be as bad for business and, and significantly worse morally than signing Colin Kaepernick. I would much rather have Colin Kaepernick. All he did was take a seat during the national anthem. Deshaun Watson did significantly worse unless all 22 of the complaints by these women, the 22 women who have, who are, uh, you know, civil complainants against uh, Deshaun Watson, unless all of them are full of beans, right? I mean, I know that what Colin Kaepernick did was ill-informed and poorly communicated. His issue, absolutely valid. The methodology he used to communicate his issue, not so valid and poorly communicated. So I personally, I think that from a business perspective, signing a guy like Kaepernick would actually be less deleterious business-wise, like I said, than signing a guy or making a trade for a guy like Deshaun Watson. I just don't get it. So um, if you believe what the Colts are selling, you, you tend to not believe that report. But if it's true, I, I think, frankly, it's troubling. And, and what I'm starting to find troubling is the rhetoric out of the Colts. Uh, owner Jim Ursay keeps saying, we're all in. And then Chris Ballard, as free agency opens, slow plays it every year and rarely makes a, a big splash or a big signing. I, Justin Houston, if I remember correctly, a few years ago was signed as a free agent, but about two weeks after the opening of free agency, I know that dumb money spends early. But Chris Ballard is guarding Jim Ursay's money like it's his money. And that's weird. Because what I, Chris Ballard appears to be like one of those guys, yeah, everybody had a friend like this in his 20s who, who was sticking away so much money in his 401k that he couldn't afford to go out and have fun right in his 20s because he wants to live a good life in his 60s. That's a valid thing to do because we're all, hopefully, knock wood, we're all going to live into our 60s, right? And we're all going to need a 401k, some kind of money to sustain us when we decide we don't want to work anymore. That, that's important. But nobody wins a championship by hiding all of their acorns, you know, until 2048. What, what Chris Ballard seems to be doing is penny-wise and way pound foolish, right? But whose money is this? It's Jim Ursay's money. If Jim, Jim Ursay went to Chris Ballard and said, spend, go get me guys. We got to start winning. What do you think Chris Ballard would do when Jim Ursay said Carson Wentz is no longer the quarterback here? 
do it. Chris Ballard acted. I think we give Jim Irsay all this credit for being a win now, my chips are in the middle of the table kind of guy when it's his money being saved by Chris Ballard. And, and uh, more often than not, like the Colts are closer to the 91% for the salary cap than they are to the cap. This past year, an exception, when they were about $4 million short of the cap, other years they were significantly beneath the cap. And 91% of $208 million, you know what? That leaves a nice little gap of about $17 million. $17 million spins pretty nice, if you're Jim Ursay. I think Jim Ursay uh, needs to answer for the lack of aggressiveness as other teams get better and the Colts sign Moali Cox. I, I'm not getting wiggy about it, and I'm not going to overreact about it. But at some point, the Colts have got to start spending money to prove that they're about winning. And they all say, well, we're saving our money because we got to sign these guys, our own people, to extensions. Really? They were 9-8 and eight this year. All right? You're not protecting a Super Bowl champion. That's not what you're doing. Quentin Nelson hadn't won anything yet as a left guard. Saving your shekels to be able to pay Quentin Nelson... $18 million a year seems a little bit crazy. Let's get good and then talk about who we're going to keep. All right, let's talk about the uh, the Hoosiers. Hoosiers, big game tonight. They got Wyoming. Win, move on. Lose, bye-bye. Wyoming in Dayton. By the way, if you want to go to the game tonight, you got to spend about $130 in the aftermarket. Secondary market tickets, that's where they kind of are. And, uh, yeah, I think that the price is going to decrease significantly. you got Indiana people wanting to come. I doubt that there are, there are Wyoming fans who are packing up the wagon, hitching up the horses, and getting ready to make the trek from Laramie, Wyoming, all the way to Dayton, Ohio. We would expect them to be here sometime in August. I don't think they're coming. Uh, <laughs> At any rate, we make fun of the people in Wyoming because why the hell not, right? What are they going to do? Fly to Dayton, drive over here and hurt me? I don't think so. This isn't, uh, this isn't Yellowstone, for God's sake. We're not, wait. If this is Yellowstone, if these people are serious, it, yeah, maybe I should just shut the hell up and, and move on and not make fun of Wyoming ends. What are Wyoming people called? Wyoming ends? Maybe. Anyway, Indiana four-point dog or four-point four favorite tonight against Wyoming. Uh, they don't do anything great. Wyoming doesn't. They shoot it okay. They defend it okay. Indiana, a more elite-level defending team. And and frankly, you know, we bitched and moaned about Indiana not getting the respect of being placed in the uh, field of 64. Right? Felt that their seed was not representative of their current level of play. I don't think there's any question about that. But if they don't win tonight, that argument falls on deaf ears, right? There's just no, no reason to an argument that Indiana somehow is being preyed upon by the selection committee or, or that they don't like Indiana as they would lose to the Cowboys of Wyoming. I can't, two guys in the history of Wyoming basketball I can name, Fennis Dembo, 
primarily because he was a cool-looking dude and had the coolest name in all of college basketball back in the late 80s. I think it was late 80s. Maybe it was mid-80s. And then a, a kid named Whitehead from New Albany High School who committed and went, I think, briefly to Wyoming. I kind of lost track of the kid. I don't know where he wound up. However, he went to Wyoming as well. Um, I think, here's an argument. You know, the last 10 games used to get weight from the NCAA selection committee, and it doesn't anymore. They weigh the entire schedule equally. Why? We don't care who the best team in the country was in November. It doesn't matter. If you want to know who the best, uh, the best team in the country was in November, have the tournament in November. They have the tournament in March. So let's figure out who the best team is in March. And in order to do that, I think you give added weight to the last 10 as teams move down the stretch. Indiana is a significantly better team today than it was a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. So it should be graded. Not that, not, you know, the only information that the selection committee uses being the last 10 games, but part of the weight. I, I think that it, it, it's a few chips on the side of the scale, either to their detriment or toward their benefit. And I think Indiana's played well over the last 10 games. And I think in the Big Ten tournament, they showed themselves to be a team that's playing as well as any team, let's say 11 through 20 in college basketball. So why shouldn't they uh, be seated inside the top 64? Anyway, Indiana with a chance to prove it tonight. If they beat I, uh, Wyoming, they get on a plane, they bomb it west to uh, Portland where they'll play Thursday night against St. Mary's of California, which will be a really, really interesting game for the Hoosiers uh, because pace of play is an issue. St. Mary's grinds it out. They play really good defense. Uh, this would be a fascinating game, Indiana versus St. Mary's. Uh, Pacers tonight against Memphis at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. That game at 7 o'clock tonight. John Morant coming to town only time this season. James Whitford fired at Ball State. I think it's terrible. I think it's a bad move. I think it's ridiculous. I think James Whitford is a really good coach. How do you win at Ball State in the MAC? I have no idea. Nobody has any idea. James Whitford, a really good guy, recruited Indiana exceptionally well, had a really good staff, and and. Uh, I don't understand firing a guy like this. Nine seasons at Ball State. Uh, it's brutal to win in the MAC. Uh, Pat Aikman passed away. Uh, sad to hear about that. He ran the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Basketball Series from the Indiana side from 1998 to 2007. Member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He was 86 years old. Our condolences to Pat Aikman's family. And let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Brian Ritter, the great John Ruckelshaus, who, for my money, is the finest state senator in the Indiana Senate. Uh, Bill Komar here, who worked at Indiana University under Archie Miller for the last four years. Uh, Bill Komar, really, really good guy in college basketball. Ruth Ann Gordon, he, he was an assistant at Loyola when my son played at Loyola, so we know Bill Komar a little bit and like him. Uh, Mike Biette. Happy birthday. If today, and Ruth Ann Gordon, I think I said Ruth Ann Gordon. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. It's best done with an honest and specific compliment. I think that the Colts get their quarterback today. That's my prediction. All right, have a great day. Enjoy yourselves both on Inside Indiana Sports now this afternoon at about 4 o'clock 
and then an instant post game for Indiana basketball when the game ends. We assume that it's going to start late and then it's going to end late and it's going to be about 11.45 before this damn thing ends. What are you going to do?